now, live from the Night News Radio Studio, it's the Rob Sol Show. Please welcome South Jersey's favorite single dad and radio's most bitter divorcee, Rob Sol. Yeah. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Rob Saul Show. We are live. It is July 7th, 2015, and very happy to be back with you live tonight. We have a great show for you tonight, and, uh, you know, uh, opening up, uh, I was playing a performance there. It was by uh, uh, Wilson Phillips, and it was by, uh, and my guest uh, co-host tonight, uh, Owen Elliott, is with us tonight. She is... Um, the legendary Mama Cass Elliott's daughter, and uh, she called in uh, a week or so ago, maybe a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, uh, thank you for coming on the show and uh, co-hosting the uh, program with me tonight, uh, Owen. You are so welcome. Very exciting. Uh, a lot know, of fun. You know, uh, my producer, Arm, he he, he, tw- he tweeted me out that performance, and I said, well, you know what? Let me open up with that. And, and you said to me before we were on air, you said, <laughs> you picked the worst fucking performance I did and put that on air. And I said, listen, that's what was tweeted out to me, Owen. Yeah, and thank you to Arm is what I said. Um, no, I, I don't, I'm not going to issue any disclaimers. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. That's that's my my first my first instinct is to go. Well, you know. Anyway, yeah. Here I am. Nice, yeah. nice to be here. Yes, yes. So uh, it's uh, it's good to have you on, and uh, uh, we have a, a big show for you tonight. We have uh, the what? What is his title? Mickey Boardman. He's the editorial. I believe editorial. I, I don't know. Um, really? You're going to do this to me? I know. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey is one of the editors of uh, Paper Magazine. Yes. He works in, in uh, photography area. He, he's fantastic. Yeah. He, he's been behind. He is the man behind some of the most uh, notor- illustrious, notorious, I don't know how you want to word it, um, covers of Paper Magazine in the past year, including the Kim Kardashian Tushy cover. Oh yeah, bro. He broke the. Mm-hmm. He 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 helped break the internet. He helped break the internet, Mister Boardman himself, Mister Mickey, as as he is dubbed. Yes. So um, but that'll I, be great. I'm excited, and I even have to ask uh, Mister Mickey question for him. I know he he did a thing online where you would ask Mister Mickey a question, and I'm going to do that tonight because okay. I have a question for Mister Mickey. Fantastic. And I was talking to uh, Owen off air earlier. I usually don't do that. I like to have like a, a natural rapport, but uh, me and Owen talked earlier and, and I feel like I already have a, a good rapport with you. And, uh, you know, I told her a little bit about my marriage and what was going on. But what I didn't tell you, though, that I, I just got over a rebound. I was dating a 22 year old girl. And uh, she uh, she just stopped by. We we broke up, but she, she just stopped by and uh, dropped me off some Hennessy for the show. Uh, she's she's a nice girl, so I gave her some chicken, some of the chicken oh, I cooked. Oh, how in. nice of you! Yeah. <laughs> she gave you alcohol. You gave her chicken. Fantastic! What a great bargain! <laughs> but she, that's what I'm going to ask Mr. Mickey about. She wants me to do a. She does modeling. She wants me to do a photo shoot with her tomorrow, and I I you know I got a new outfit for it, but I just don't know. I, I don't know if I'm down for a photo shoot and. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's the whole idea yeah. makes me uncomfortable, and uh, I mean the relationship. I mean, 
I love her dearly. She she loves me. We just weren't compatible as, uh, you know. And you know I didn't ask you how old are you, I'm, Rob? Oh, I'm 32. I'll okay. be 33 uh, in August. And she's 22 and she'll be 23 in August. So we there's a 10-year age difference. Um, yeah, but women are always more mature than men. Well, so not, um, not her. And, you know, <laughs> not her. Well, bingo. <laughs> well, um, but she's a very nice girl. And uh, there, was a, there was a lot of love, just not a lot of compatibility. And, uh, mm. and uh, the sex was great. And, uh, I, you know, I'm thinking about doing the photo shoot. But well, she's 22 for fuck's sake. It better be. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it's my first, uh, first black woman I've ever been with, too, Ellen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. We've got to have some flavor in your life. Yeah. So, you know, you got to... Uh... <laughs> There you go. Yeah. You're, you'll be your best. I don't know. Uh, arms message. I hate when uh, Arm messages me during the show. It really distracts me. Is he doing that right now? Yes. He's upset. Well, he's he, ups- he definitely gave us some ideas of things to cover, and we and we should you know we should touch on a couple of those that he wanted to. One was the the story of um, that's come out about uh, that boy Jared. Who who has the endorsement, or let me say, had the endorsement deal with Subway? Oh yeah, you were you were um, you were telling me about that, Jared. Uh-huh. I always I always found him a little creepy. Anyway, but uh, he, there's a you say there's, well, apparently yeah. he had an employee who worked for I think it's his foundation is called the Jared Foundation. I don't know what the fuck they're for, but anyway, uh-huh. this guy worked for the Jared Foundation. He had um, apparently been under some investigation for some child pornography stuff. Wow. And for some reason, like I said, this is two months ago, but but now apparently the police had reason or seemingly had reason to go and conduct a search of Jared's house um, today, I think, or yesterday. And um, Subway has now cut ties with him. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I, I don't understand... uh... Well, I mean, I don't understand uh, pedophilia in, gen- in general, but I mean, just uh, well, thank I, the, God. The, the, the uh, I mean, the sensation that strong. I mean, to put it on your computer. Um, I mean, that's just grounds for for a disaster. I mean, <laughs> well, you're looking you're looking for trouble. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and and then there's some people who say, "Oh, those people want to get caught because they wouldn't put it on their computer." I don't know. I just think they're stupid. Yeah. I don't think they're going. Yeah, I want to get caught. I want to. I'm going to put this on my hard drive so someday I get busted for this and get sent to jail. I just think they Who can't. That? I, I think they just can't help it. No, I think you're right. I think it's a complete compulsion, and it's an it's a sickness. Yeah, it's a sickness, unfortunately, and a lot of people suffer from it. Um, and and people who are of uh, any kind of sexual, you know, perversion or compulsion. Um, I think is some kind of an illness. Look at our look at our friend Mr. Cosby. Yeah, it could be argued he had a bit of a of a compulsion. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> he liked to drug women and uh, take advantage of them. I mean, it's a compulsion. You know, there's still people that believe that uh, all these women are making it up for attention. Yeah, I what know. Kind, what kind and, of and, and society people, do we live in? The thing that is nice about the fact, well, one of the things that's nice about the fact that this. Uh, testimony has now been revealed that, you know, from his mouth, we now know that he's admitted that he purchased quaaludes for the purpose 
of having sex with women. We know that from his mouth now. Yes, and um, yeah, and I, I believe uh, uh, Jill Scott, who uh, was a big supporter of Cosby and mm-hmm. went on Twitter, uh, actually has come back out and uh, since these facts have come out, has apologized and said, "Wow, I am, um, I was wrong. Yeah. I feel she stupid." She reversed her, yeah. her her opinion of him. But there's a lot of people. I remember I would, you know, sometimes uh, before forty seven women, forty seven. Women and have accused him, and I, you know, and here, and I, they're all telling the same story. I, I, exactly, and everybody—I th- mean, not everybody—but I, I still hear people think, "Oh, well, just one person heard it, and the next person's jumping on the bandwagon, and it's just for attention." And um, you know, in fact, here in Atlantic City, where I live, uh, someone actually, an actress, went to the Atlantic City Police uh, Department and filed charges against him recently for something. Uh, that she said uh, uh, Cosby did to her when she did a guest appearance on the Cosby show years and years and years ago. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was supposedly investigated by the Atlantic City Police. But a lot of times before uh, shows, I'll go and, you know, have a drink at the bar and I'll listen to people talk. And uh, um, probably a few weeks ago, and I meant to bring it up on air and I never did. I, I heard a lady, you know, talking to the bartender about, you know, the woman in Atlantic City uh, and, you know, about how oh. all these women, they're all white women, and, uh, you know, they're just looking for attention. So I said, well, I said, ma'am, if I if I may interject, I said, there's a, a famous uh, black supermodel that came forward and, and said, uh, you know, that Bill Cosby did the same thing mm-hmm. to her. I said, you really think all these women are making this up? And her response to me was, well, first of all, I don't believe I was talking to you, but if you insist on interjecting into my conversation uh-huh. and, and then went into a spiel, you know, about, you know, about what a great well, guy Cosby it, is. <laughs> it, it's mind blowing that people, you know, whenever I run into people whose opinion is so absolutely opposite of mine, I wonder, where did you come from? Yeah. <laughs> where, what planet did you grow up on? You know? And unfortunately, well, people people don't want to people don't want to believe that their hero, you know, Bill Cosby is a hero to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. and he was like that's, America's dad for, that, for that's a while. it, and that's a tough thing to to believe. Yeah. So, you know, look, here's the thing: nobody's nobody's been proven guilty, so we can't really, you know, yeah. say anything. Exactly. So. Same thing with uh Same thing with Jared, Jared. and Subway. Except <laughs> Subway did decide to cut ties with him. Yeah, I mean of course. Well, I mean nobody's proven anything about Bill Cosby. But, but so many people Subway canceled has gone, Okay, you know what? We're out of here. Probably it's a preponderance of, of caution. Well, I, you know, like they're going, oh, shit, we're going to get sued for something. We better fire this guy. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, the same thing with Cosby. Nothing's been proven yet, but he had a, a, a show deal, I think, with NBC, ABC, one, one of the major networks. He had a Netflix deal yeah, and, that he lost. Uh, he lost he, he a had lot a lot of deals. deals that he lost yeah. just based on, on these accusations. But um, so, should it, do you think uh, the the Cosby thing uh, should be uh, we should keep pursuing that and that Cosby should be uh, uh, put in jail or do you think he's lost enough at this point, Owen? I I think if there's a legal way to use the information that we now have, and I don't know if there is or not because I'm not educated on on that law at all. Yes. Um, 
if there's a way to be able to use this evidence that's now been unsealed of him saying, yeah, I, I purchased quaaludes to have sex with these women. If there's a way to use that evidence against him and make some of these women able to go after him, then great. But the problem is that all, a lot of these charges, most of these charges are so old yeah. that, that they won't be able to be charged. Yeah, I and they um I think uh and that was the thing with Atlantic City, the woman that filed charges here in Atlantic City is cuz there is no uh uh statute of of uh limitation statute of, of limitation yeah, yeah. In, in in New Jersey. So um huh. that's why uh it's uh being taken seriously. And I don't know. This was uh uh months ago, maybe a month, month or two ago that this happened in Atlantic City, so I don't know. Huh. Uh, I didn't realize that. Very interesting. Yeah, so but wow, what are you? We got some dogs uh, barking back there. Just one, and he's so loud that it's <laughs> kind of scary. Yeah, it's a, like, a little tiny, little a uh, little hot dog, dog, little dachshund. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I have a little it's chihuahua. Tiny. Yeah, uh, I, I've been kind of bummed out. I've been doing a, you know a lot of radio. Bob has has dogs in there, but I uh, I, I do a AM show in Boston, the uh, the Bob Levy show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fifteen ten WMEX, and we've been having technical problems with me getting on air with them. So I haven't been on in a while, and I've been really uh, missing doing that. And I've been kind of bummed out not being able to do the uh, the Bob Levy show. So I'll, you know, I'm not going to be on there tonight. I wasn't on there yesterday. Hopefully tomorrow night I will be back uh, on air in uh, in Boston. I know Boston has to miss me. They have to, Owen. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> they they're they have judging, to, yes. you know. They're, they're jonesing for for Rob's all. <laughs> Now that it's not winter anymore, okay, I can't even, I can't even conceptualize the amount of snow that they got in Boston. I can't even conceptualize it. Hey, I did have a question to ask. You. I don't know if this is a would be a weird, awkward question, but it was just weird because when I was uh, uh, getting that performance, the one that you uh, you yelled at me for playing, you know how <laughs> you when you get that stuff off of YouTube, it automatically starts playing like other stuff afterwards. Like YouTube just starts going on a loop. Yep. And yep. The, and the next the next video that came on after that was uh, China Phillips. Talking about her sister's book and uh, about the incest with the the mamas and the papas. Did you get uh, uh, asked, uh, interviewed a lot about that when when that came out, when that story broke out, when that book came out? Were were people uh, asking you for comments and stuff? Since you know, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And it was definitely an uncomfortable time for me because, well, for a plethora of reasons, but yeah. definitely. Um, I was actually kind of shocked because the day that it came out, and I, and I live a fairly private life, you yeah, know. Yeah. But um, with the internet, people can find out anything. They can find out where you live. They can find out pretty much anything, you know. And the day the book came out, I mean, the the internet was insane, right? Yeah. And um, my daughter stayed home school home from school that day. She was like ten at the time, mm-hmm. and. Um, someone knocked on my door and she opened the door and it was, um, radar online. Oh, wow. You know, I've never had anyone at my door and I just went, you know what? No, I was so upset that my daughter had been exposed like that. Yeah. You know? Um, and as a dad, you can, you can dig that. Um, Yeah, definitely. But, but yeah, it, it, I was definitely asked about it. And the truth is that, um, I have no right to speak of it. It's not, my memory, it's not my 
story. Yeah, right? I, I, I know. But when something like that breaks, the media goes wild. And anybody that could be any way affiliated with that. Well, they all uh, want to get the, the scoop. Yeah, the inside scoop. They all scoop. want to get the scoop. And, and, you know, I'm very close with um, with all of the kids of, of the mamas and papas. And, yeah. I mean, my joke is that if they're mamas and papas, what, what does that make all of us? Yeah. You know, we're, and we all have a really strong and, and bizarre connection. Yeah. Um, that feels very much like a sibling connection. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was very awkward because I knew that, that I had some friends that were in a lot of pain. Yeah. You know, and, and I didn't know how to make that go away. Were you? And I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you could tell, and, and I, I watched, uh, I think it was an Oprah interview where, uh, you know, uh, they interviewed uh, Mackenzie and they, and they brought out China. And, and China seemed even very uncomfortable and awkward talking about the whole thing. But, uh, you know, it was kind of Mackenzie's uh, book and she wanted to get out there and, and promote it. Were you, uh, were you always close with uh, Mackenzie and China or were you closer with one than the other? Like, I don't know the uh, the age. You know what? I, grew, I, I I've spent time with them both at different times in my life. I, I knew China more as a little girl growing yeah. up. Yeah. And then um, when we were teenagers, I went and lived in Massachusetts for five years. So we yeah. didn't really stay in touch during that time. But then we became friends um, after high school, like around 18, 19. And, and we're really good friends today. Yeah. Um, Mackenzie and I have a, a bit of an age difference. Yeah. Um, she's a few years older than I am. And uh, so we weren't really very close until we became adults. And she had been living on the East Coast and came and moved to California in the late 90s, I guess. Yeah. How often and that's you- when I became close with her. So at different points in our lives, yeah, we've all been very close. How often are you performing now? Do you do you sing? I, do you, you know what? I don't, and and that's why that's I hate to kind of be known as that because I really don't do that. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, the Car- uh, China and Carney Wilson and Wendy Wilson are very good friends of mine, childhood friends of mine, and um, when they made this the record that they uh, made that was a tribute to all of their parents combined, the Beach Boys and the Mamas and Papas. Yes. They asked me to come and sing on Dedicated um, and sing, you know, reprise my my mom's uh, part on it. And it was incredibly daunting, but really fun. And, you know, sometimes when they have shows that are kind of local to L.A., I'll want to go see them anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, and sort of, I inevitably get, get, you know, are you going to come and sing it? So I sing it and, you know, but that's like once a year, yeah. you know, so you don't, do you really not, not like to perform or it's just, uh, you know, believe it or not, I'm actually really shy. Yeah. And, um, certainly when there's a lot of eyes on me, um, I get really self-conscious. And, and in fact, um, the first, couple of times that I did that song with them on stage. Yeah. Um, I ran off stage pretty much after I was done. I, I didn't wait for any type of recognition. <laughs> I just ran off the stage and my husband grabbed me and went, what, what are you doing? You know, you got a standing ovation and you were, you know, in a car. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I was it's just it's overwhelming for me because it's not what I do every day. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not something I do all the time. So it's not my. I think nature. I think we're we're our own worst critics, and uh, you know, Arm tells me that about myself all the time. I have time I don't post shows and podcasts, and I said that's horrible. He's like, "That was a great show. You're too critical on yourself." But same with you. I mean, I I heard you, and you just belted out this note, and and I mean, the crowd just went wild when you belted out that first note, and you're saying, "Ah, oh, oh. you just you just, you sounded horrified." I think I think it's just we're just <laughs> well. Not, I think you're right. I think uh, we are our worst critics, and I think people who have any kind of a creative gene in their body um, are, are like that. Yeah. And I think that's what, what helps us get better. If yeah. we, you know, uh, like we were talking about earlier, about if you, you know, kind of push yourself through it, like if you are uncomfortable or in a bad place, yeah. you know, if you kind of learn from that and move forward. Yeah. Instead of kind of just staying there, that's 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 how you get better. Exactly. So what do you what do you do? Like what what does uh, Owen Elliott do these days? What, what how do you keep yourself busy? I know you're a mom, you're a wife. Uh, uh, what are your uh, what are your hobbies? What do you? What uh, are my hobbies? What are you well, into? My, my hobbies are getting my kids to school yes. and making sure that I don't kill anybody on the way. Wow. Um, it's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I manage I I take care of my mom's estate and sort of and and the invariable go between between the various estates that are the mamas and papas. Yes. Um So that's a lot of time, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, but I also get to spend time with my husband during the day because he is a songwriter, record producer, and he works you know kind of primarily at night. Um, so we kind of get to hang out a little bit during the day and, you know, do do our thing, kind of just live life. Yeah. We're, we're very lucky. I mean, when I, I, I don't know what, I don't know what I do all fucking day to tell you the truth. I don't know what I do, but somehow at the end of the night, the end of the day, I'm tired and I want to go to sleep. Well, there you go. Well, you're, now you're uh, co-hosting with me and uh, I'm loving it, but uh, we're going to have to take a, a quick break when we come back. Uh, the man behind Paper Magazine. He helped break the internet with the, that uh, Kim Kardashian spread. He's a very talented, talented uh, man and uh, great with fashion. I mean, uh, it's just somebody that I'm really looking forward to talking to. Uh, Mr. Mickey Boardman when we come back uh, to the Rob Saul Show. So uh, stay tuned with more of the Rob Saul Show with guest co-host Owen Elliott. We'll be back with Mr. Mickey Boardman right here on Ripped Radio Network. RipRadioNetwork.com. Download the app and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Rob Saul Show. We are live on RipRadioNetwork.com and uh, with me is uh, my special guest co host, Owen Elliott. Pleasure to have you. Yes. And uh, our guest of honor, he is. one of the editors, and uh, one of the, the main uh, men behind uh, Paper Magazine. He started as intern, worked his way up, and uh, then he helped uh, hashtag break the internet, if you remember that. Uh, and I am uh, just pleased, I'm tickled, to have uh, Mr. Mickey Boardman with us tonight. Mickey, how are you? 
I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. It's great to have you on the show. I, I appreciate you coming on uh, so much. And uh, I've got so many questions for you. I even have an Ask uh, Mr. Mickey question for you later on. Well, that's what I'm here for. Oh, uh, there you are. <laughs> Actually, the whole, one of the reasons I have done the show is just to talk to Owen, because so, we've gone back and forth on Twitter. So. Excuse us if we, so you know, you're not even go here. off on our own little tangent. We'll so, try to keep that to break time, but uh, you know, yeah, well, yeah, tell us to shut up or something. Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, and in fact, uh, Mr. Mickey didn't even want to talk to me. He he actually requested through our producer that I didn't speak that much. He just wanted to talk to Owen. So uh, we'll try <laughs> well, to. Make- <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he has that in writing, but um. <laughs> well, we were we were just we were just you know kibitzing on on the line before before we came back. And, yes, and um, so we got a nice of, dose of, of visiting. So I think maybe we'll be we can keep it together for the, <laughs> for the time being. We'll, we'll try. Um, and one of the things that um, is so lovely about about life is when you know people in common. And uh, Mickey and I share a good friend um, of mine named uh, Bijou Phillips, and we were just reminiscing about. Her yes. and uh, I, my comment was six degrees of separation, you know, because mm-hmm. we really Absolutely. all are connected sort of by, by that, something. no Kevin Bacon even in there, but it's funny <laughs> because I was in La- I just got back from Las Vegas and in 2003 paper did a whole Las Vegas issue that Bijou was on the cover of. So oh, wow. I spent some time in Las Vegas, which is wild enough without Bijou there and, you know, I was there for like 10 days, which is like a lifetime in Las Vegas. Oh, God. That's like six months in real time. It is. <laughs> I was an old timer. It, it really is. And the, and the weird thing about Vegas that I didn't know before I, I'd gone there, there's no fucking clocks anywhere. There's no it's clocks true. in the casino. There's nobody. Mm-hmm. And you just lose so much track of time. It's, it's retarded. Same thing in Atlantic City, too, I imagine. Right, Rob? Yeah, yeah. Atlantic City. You can speak now. Yeah, Atlantic City is a little crazy. I mean, it's like the, uh, it's, it's, it's like uh, Las Vegas' dirty little brother, you know? It's, uh, <laughs> are, you from, are you from Atlantic City, Rob? Yes, yes, I'm from Atlantic City. So, uh, That's so funny. I love, I'm a big fan of Atlantic City, and I actually was there last year, I think, and met the openly gay mayor, who I thought was great, and... Yeah, I'm a big fan of Atlantic. The beach is beautiful. There's a lot of great stuff going on in Atlantic City. I know it's not the best time financially for no, 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 becoming no. or what, but I so I think Atlantic City is a super fun place. I, I would like to go more often. Well, next time you come, you better hit me up, and uh, we'll hit the town, Mr. Mickey. I certainly will. Uh, so, <laughs> I can't to, uh, maybe we'll even someone maybe you could take me to Margate to see that elephant. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Lucy. Um, yeah, that's my <laughs> my yeah, my I've daughter's only seen name the is the replica at the big candy store on the boardwalk. I haven't seen the real thing, but <laughs> yeah, that's Lucy the elephant. My daughter. We always take my daughter to see Lucy the elephant in Margate because my daughter. Well, but, oh, that's so cute. But uh, yeah, for, for all you know, for anybody who's been living in in, in a hole, can you please tell mm-hmm. people uh, about Paper Magazine and what Paper well, Magazine wait, is? Wait a minute, we should go. We should go back just just a tiny, tiny bit. Okay. Because we he, we started with we were talking about um, that Mickey went to school at Parsons. Okay. Well, where, yeah. where were you born, Mickey? I was born in Chicago. And then I uh-huh. grew up in the suburbs of Chicago in a place called Hanover Park, Illinois. Uh-huh. Um, I went to, Hoff- to Hoffman State High School, and I'm told Sherry Shepard, formerly of The View, was went to my high school and was the year after me, but I do not remember her. <laughs> but, uh, 
you know, when you get to be my age, the things, the facts of your life just kind of split from your brain. Mm-hmm. But um, I went, I actually have a BA in Spanish from Purdue, and I lived in Madrid for a few years, then moved wow. to New York to go to Parsons to study fashion design. And huh. when I was going to Parsons and not, you know, I love clothes, I love fashion, but kind of, a, I always, you know, is to have a lot of uh, sympathy for kids who are trying to figure out what they want to do because until you actually do it, how do you really know? Like I thought, oh, I want to be a fashion designer. I love clothes. And I got there and was like, I can't even sew on a button. <laughs> so uh, I uh-huh. ended up struggling through, but I was an intern at Paper Magazine at the time because I always loved magazines. And I met a friend of a friend, was the managing editor of Paper at the time. So I said, oh my God, I love Paper. It's so great. She said, well, you should come have an interview to be an intern. So I did, and I was an intern, and I ended up failing a class my senior year at Parsons and never finishing, although now I help. I'm usually on the committee to pick the designer of the year, and I spoke at the graduation. So I, it's all good. <laughs> and then, it's very full yeah, circle, don't you think? Yeah, totally, completely. And that's the thing. If you stay around long enough, it does all come full circle without you even fighting it. It's just kind of life has a way of kind of bringing you back around. And I am... Um, Hmm. The same time I failed that class, somebody quit a paper who kind of ran the office and did a, was the photo editor, did a lot of stuff, and they just asked me to answer the phones until they figured out what to do, and that was 23 years ago. Wow. And they never <laughs> figured it out. And you're yeah. still doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, right on. I, that's that's a great story. Yeah. That well, thank that, you. That's a great story. And it's funny because I don't know if you guys know the show Fashion Queens on Bravo, which is a hilarious show hosted by Betty Smith, who's an old friend of mine, and two of the hairdressers from Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's like fashion police, and it's hilarious. Uh, she got her start as a receptionist, so I kind of want to start an organization of, like, receptionists who kind of went places, you know what I mean? Because I feel like it's such an important job and such an amazing job. It's such a great way to get to know people and see what you really are kind of at the the hub of everything, kind of seeing what's going on and what's happening in the business. Yeah, that, that's actually a very interesting idea. I mean, I, I, want, I wonder how many people who started out in, in that way became yeah. a, a bigger force in, in the company. Yeah, I'll have to do some research. So you've been, I mean, you've been with paper forever now. I mean, have you ever had any other offers to go uh, other places or uh, you just... Uh, <laughs> Um, not really serious ones. I mean, I've had a few people who've called and asked when thing, you know, I think that it was more, um, you know, they needed a, an editor, a photo editor, or they needed an editor or something for a magazine. I don't think that, I think people know that I'm kind of where I belong and that, um, or maybe they just don't want me. I don't know. But I think that, uh, usually the things that I've had offers for are things that, to do in addition to working a paper, but in terms of full-time things, um, certainly does not. Does it really? Does it really feel like a family where you are? I mean, I, I it can imagine after, does. I can imagine it after working there for years. Yeah, it really uh-huh. does because it was started by Kim and David, who are still there, uh-huh. and you know, thirty years ago, through who I mentioned to you earlier, um, Owen is our chief creative officer. He started as an intern. He left. Uh-huh and came back after a year, and he's kind of responsible for our new look, and he actually came up with the term Break the Internet for the for that issue. He um, has been there for 15 years now, I think. So a lot of people have been there for a long time, and it's amazing to work with your family, but at the same time, 
you know, think about it. Sometimes you want, like, do you really want to work with your, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, your brothers? Oh, my God. And, and, and no. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, uh, good things are great. Or everything's magnified, but, you know, it's great to because you really do feel a bond and you really care about the people you work with. But then there are other times, yeah, when I'll get in sort of like a, I don't have any sisters in real life, but I, the women I work with, I feel like are my sisters and we can sometimes fight like siblings. So gets a little caddy in the paper office, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not, it's not caddy. It's just that we, you know, the same way I, I you know, I think, Families when fight. you're around your family, you just turn it all of a sudden you're like a ten year old kid again. You know what I mean? You're like either your yeah. you know, your mom is embarrassing you or your brother, you know. How how large of a how large of an organization is paper? How many employees are, are I in the would company? say well, you know, there's there are three parts of the company, paper, papermag.com, and then this a uh, company called Extra Extra, which does events and consulting for big companies like Target or American Express. So mm-hmm. All told, and we all are in one. Well, the magazine, the magazine, people, people that you would work with on an everyday basis. Well, I work with all everybody on from that thirty-five people. I would say the actual people who do the magazine and web, the editorial department is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's really seven people. Oh, so it's a fairly. It's an intimate group of people, which is a nice thing. But then, you know, again, we're all on one floor. We all, you know, when we're doing a project for an extra, extra client, the editorial people help get yeah. involved. We all kind of, you know, get involved in each other's businesses. Business, so. and, and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad, I imagine. <laughs> again, again. Sometimes when I fantasize, you know, people who, um, you know, work at a factory probably fantasize about work, like, I don't know, like living, work, living in the country and having it be peaceful and calm. And maybe yeah. people who live in the middle of nowhere fantasize, oh, I want to go to the big city. I, yeah. When I fantasize this, I just think, like, I just want to have a job that um, you don't have to think about before or after. You just get there, you, like, stuff some envelopes or whatever, and you leave. You know what I mean? It's just something that's not um, yeah. a lifestyle. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. New York, and that's... But, but it is, but then so, don't you think that... Would you be as passionate about something that you didn't have as much of an emotional no, attachment not to? not at all. And right, again, well, there you go. So there's the caveat. Yeah. Now, uh, I was, I, if I really wanted to do it, I guess I would, but I, I'm happy. I, I'm happy with the way, you know, with the lifestyle. So here's like the total cheesy question that probably everybody asks you, but I, I feel like I have to ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Who are your, who were your favorite celebrities to shoot and your mm-hmm. least favorite celebrities to shoot and why? Okay. Um, I think that's a wonderful, that's a very good question. You know, the thing is, I'm a little bit of, you know, I'm a Libra. I'm a cockeyed optimist. I'm, you know, very easy to please on some level. So if a very famous person is nice to me, I'm suddenly like, oh, my God, they're, so, they're amazing. They're so talented. You know, they're just... Um, right. And really overall for me, the thing is, if the cover is great in the end, I don't... Or the, what we're doing together is great, I can put up with a lot of crap and, and not really have it bother me too much. That said... Kim Kardashian, uh, Kim Kardashian was the nicest, easiest to work with person I've ever worked with. We shot her twice. She was a dream. Early, wow. nice to everybody. Anyone wants a selfie with her? Anyone talk to everyone? Just like super in it. 
to be cooperative and to get to do something that was great, like super. And we did a dinner with her to celebrate the break the internet issue. And she, you know, and it was, if you saw on the show, she was kind of around the time she was having some medical issues and to around about getting pregnant right. again. And so she was right, not right, right. physically very well, but she, you know, came and she was like, well, what do you need? Who do I have to talk to? Amazing. Super, super a dream to call, to work with. And every super professional, it sounds like. Yeah, super professional. That's the exact way to describe it. And every person I know who's worked with her has the same report, which makes mm-hmm. it interesting to me then that, you know, there are some people who are not that way who, you know, don't get negative press or don't get talked about, this, you know, in a negative way. But who like? else was great? <laughs> well... The more good ones. Lindsay Lohan was great. You know, the funny thing is there are certain people who you kind of feel like, oh, my God, I, you know, like Mariah Carey, for example, where you're kind of like, God, I hope they're crazy. I hope, you know, I hope they're total divas because it's Mariah Carey. So, yeah. you know, y'all put up with it. Right? Tell us about Mariah, she, please. Yes. Mariah was actually a dream. She was super easy. Really? You know, basically on time. She, You know, the thing about Mariah, the one thing was, no matter what we wanted, if we wanted to try something different, basically what you get from Mariah is sexy doggy style, boobs out, butt out. Like that's what she does. Hey now, so we shot I'm her, down like, with that. Wrapped in a sheet, and you know she was really feeling it. And then we were like, okay, well Mariah, we did this. Let's think of something else we can do. And she's like, well maybe I could come over here on the couch. And she's again, you know, Playboy Mariah, like on the hands and knees with the boobs out. And that's the thing is, what is you this get after when you Nick? Mariah. You get is this right. after this the divorce? Before Nick. This was before Nick. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and not, I don't mean like in a trashy way. She just likes to be, she just does sexy. That's kind of what she does. Right. Um, <laughs> at this point in my life, I feel like even if someone's unpleasant to deal with, as I said, if the cover comes out fine, I'm right. fine and I maybe would give another chance. Ben Stiller, I'm not in a rush to work with again. Well, um, what's wrong with Ben Stiller? He seems like a nice guy. When you, well, it's not. You know, the truth is, it's not very zen to think of people that we that we don't like. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. We should. We he should just was good. He was. He that. was difficult. And you know, the, I got a lot of shit because I said that Nicki Minaj was tough to work with, and she was extremely difficult. But in the end. So you it know came what? Out great. So in the so I feel like she was right. You know what? Her and was, her and Mar- her and Mariah Carey. I remember were fighting a lot on American Idol, and she they were, and she always made it seem like it was Mariah Carey that was the big diva and making everything a big problem. But uh, from what you're telling us here, Mister Mickey, I think it's probably the other my, way around. My experience has also been, and maybe I'm wrong, is that music people somehow. If someone is a very famous music person, no one around them tells them no. Nobody says you have to be on time. Nobody says you have to. You know, I feel like people in other, maybe I'm wrong, but that my experience has been very often. I've never heard that before, she said, being a musician. (laughs) um, I've never heard anyone speak disparagingly of musicians and whether they were on time or they had to follow the rules. (laughs) I've never heard that before. Hmm. Yeah. Because we would have, like, we shot with Kim early on and Foxy Brown and a lot of hip-hop people. You know, to them, like, I don't start to think, oh, they're late until at least three hours have gone past the call time. Then I'm like, okay, now i got to figure out where they are because it's been three hours and they're still not here, so I should at least check in. Now, I read, but, that, um, I read, that, Marissa, I read that Marissa Tomei was difficult. Why was she difficult? 
she, you know, Lord lover. The thing is, <laughs> um, she's super talented. She's so talented. The thing is with her, the the challenge is sometimes when people don't really know what they want to do or they don't, you know, they don't feel comfortable or she, I think, mm-hmm. didn't really. It was, you know, like it, I would much rather work with someone like Nicki Minaj who knows what they want or at least knows what they don't want when they see it. You know what right. I mean? So, right, right, right. right. It was kind of just like, I don't know. So there was it's kind of your, we're all paralyzed, like waiting for her when she just, you know, we had an amazing photographer, amazing hair and makeup. Everything was a, about it was amazing. And actually the makeup artist, Ashley Ward, who did the makeup, just passed away. A good way of describing it? And it, and it just, um, it just didn't click, and she was not happy with the pictures, and mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. it's, it's it's and you know what it's tough because I also feel like these celebrities, you know, you think to me here, you know, comes Kim Kardashian or or Kanye or um, Miley, Miley. Cyrus, this yeah. kid who's amazing, who was a dream, mm-hmm. and you know they're doing our cover, and we're like, this is our cover, it's so important. You know, how many covers has Miley done? She's done a million photo shoots, and anyone who is a musician or a performer, an actor, has to promote what they do. So you have to do so many shoots and so many. It's a, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of work, and I feel like it's a lot. It can be draining in a way. I know compared to working at the McDonald's, it's not such. A, it, you a know drag, what? But when when the girl when Carney and Wendy and China with, with Wilson Phillips when they were promoting their first record, when they were doing all the album covers, all the album covers and the photo shoots and the interviews and this and that, Carney would tell me that she would just be, she would fall down at the end of the day from yeah. standing and posing. And sta- I mean, Absolutely. I know, look, everyone should be so lucky as to have a job where, where they're, they're doing what they love and they get paid. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard. It, it's more demanding yeah, than people think. Definitely, and you know, there you're often working with people who have different opinions about what looks good, and it, it, it's a it's a demanding and grueling kind of a situation. So people aren't necessarily at their at their best in that situation. Some people are in their dreams. Like I said, Lindsay Lohan was another one who I thought, oh my god, let's play. I want some drama. She came early. Like we literally weren't even set up. We didn't even have like lunch because she like was hmm. ten minutes early. And she, you know, whatever we wanted her to wear, whatever, she just was super, super sweet. I, um, uh, I think Lindsay Lohan is so sexy. Am I the only one that thinks? I mean, obviously more people. She's a beautiful that, girl. Yeah. I mean, she's, you know. Um, she's not my type. No, she's not your type, Owen. <laughs> she's not my type. Mine either. Mine either. But, um, exactly, right? I'm on that one. You get Lindsay. Although she's, I mean, she's a doll. I love her. I've interviewed her before, and yeah. I think she's a super nice girl. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so when, when, hey, so I, I was thinking about this the other day, uh, Mr. Mickey. That it, mm-hmm. it feels like Paper Magazine is kind of beginning to maybe occupy that space of coolness in publications that Interview Magazine held for, for so very long. I mean, everybody wanted to be part mm-hmm. of anything that, that Interview Magazine said was yeah. cool. And, and I think Paper should just claim that role right now, don't you? All right. Well, I will... If you could just type that up and send it to me, I will spread that around. <laughs> he will publish and, that. And yes. <laughs> it's um, great, right? I'm good. That's a wonderful compliment, yeah. And, it, you know, I remember when I was in college at Purdue, like in the mid to late 80s, I would, you know, go, there was the hipster bookstore, and I would go in, like, 
you know, weeks in advance, like, where's the new interview? And I remember it was like Catherine Oxenberg. Or they had yeah. an amazing parade of people who were either super famous or not or famous. Up and or coming. Or, you know. So um, yeah. I loved the interview at the time. And I, I love it was big and it just was juicy. It was cutting edge. It was different. Yeah. It was a different yeah. size. It was a different texture. The paper, the, yeah. the the paper itself was a different texture. Absolutely, you know, and it was and, and it was know, and it was cool. Absolutely, and Andy Warhol was great, and the people he had around him, Bob Colicello, Paige Powell, and all, and they feel it was great. I still think interview is great. It's a, it's totally different now than it was. It's more fashion with a capital, you know, F capital A capital Sean. But um, mm. that, there was something about interview that I. I agree with you completely at that time that was just so you just wanted to save it and it was just felt special. Well, it was still, it wasn't, um, it hadn't been sold out. You know what I mean? Not not that they've sold out. I wouldn't want to say that about anybody, but, but I think that once something becomes overappreciated, right, it loses its cool factor. Yeah. Which is sort of a, you know, and the business has changed a little bit. The business, I sound like an old person. The business has changed yeah. a little bit in the sense that now a lot of, you know, everyone has a publicist. Every, you have to talk to the publicist, not the star. So it kind of, yeah. it, these layers of things happen where the magic you know, is gone. Do, yeah, from booking, ra- from booking radio, I deal with that all the time. It's a lot yeah. more, you know, planned and um, in a way sometimes Conceptualized. Harder. Yeah. And the thing that we've been really thinking about and focusing on a lot since we kind of did this redesign for our 30th anniversary, which was last September, is to work with people who really want to go there. And it doesn't mean they have to do anything crazy or that they have to do take their clothes off. It just means people who want to cooperate, to want to um, collaborate and mm-hmm. do something that's incredible and memorable and not just here I am standing against a white wall with a smile, with, you know, looking right. indistinguishable Something one different. from another. Yeah. And Something that push the push the envelope. And that's, and to me, that's the amazing thing about Kim Kardashian was that she really, like she, for her, it's all about the photographer. And when she, we said, we want to shoot you to be shot by John Paul Goode, immediately she said, yes, she loved it because she knew his work and knew he was a genius and would do something iconic and memorable. And once, you know, she felt comfortable in that situation. She was ready for, she was, you know, she said, I'll stay all night, whatever you want to do. Let's, let's, you know, if we're going to do this, let's do it. And I think that's the secret, you can't, that's the secret to making really amazing, incredible stuff, whether you're a magazine or a chef or a performer, whatever is to, you know, be willing to really go there. Did you know when you were doing that shoot, uh, Mr. Mickey, that it was going to be as big as it was and that it was going to quote unquote, break the internet? Well, I mean, the way that even the title came about was so funny because we had originally, we were talking about putting her on our September cover, which was our anniversary and the relaunch of our new look. And then our co-founder wasn't into that. And, you know, so we were kind of out standing in front of the building, Drew, who I mentioned was smoking. Yeah. Because he's a big smoker. I do not smoke. And he just said, <clears throat> you know, as we were discussing, he said, you know, if we have Kim Kardashian on the cover, it'll break the internet. Uh-huh. And I was like, break the internet? I was like, that's such a funny concept. I said, well, what if we do like a whole issue that's just about trying to break the internet? Because in a way, and I think, oh, and it's probably the same for music, or maybe not, I mean, but I feel like 
you want to make something fabulous that you're really proud of and that you put your heart and soul into, but at the same time, you want it to be successful. So, you know, there's always that struggle of like, you know, we want to do this that we think is really cool, but also we want people to read it or people to tweet about it or people to right. share it on Facebook. So you want it to have meaning. You don't want it to be exactly. meaningless. Was, was full- we're just doing it for the, like the three of us, you know, if I'm making a little magazine just for the three of us to enjoy, that's not really making that much of a difference in the world. So, Right, but we always right. kind of want to think to balance the something that's cool with someone who has is amplifiable and people will see it. So <clears throat> we knew that she, from working with her before that a lot of people would see it, and we thought that part of it was great. We didn't know that um, it would take on the life that it's had, and I think a big part of it was how it was launched, which drew Elliot, who I mentioned. Ooh, Elliot, mm-hmm. there you go. Look, you, you must be your long lost cousin. But, <laughs> Maybe. Um, Exactly. Tell them I've and, them. Then, exactly. and um <laughs> Elizabeth Thompson, who's our social media director, they kind of had a real time like now what's the best way to do it? And Kim or we Instagrammed um the cover, the one cover, the champagne cover. And right. Then later the next day Instagrammed the naked butt and on and on. So and the you know, you can't really imagine, I guess, plan for that kind of hysteria and that kind of <clears throat> viral madness. But no. No, it was definitely incredible. Well, and it's and it's one of the things that will kind of define part of you know the legacy that you're creating. Absolutely, I'll like be, it or not, it, it will be. Will yeah, mm-hmm. on my deathbed, someone will ask me what Kim Kardashian was really like, and you know what, I'll be happy to tell them. Yes. you know, I was. Um, I'll share this little story with you because it's relevant. Because um, that's that's a that's a really we're just talking about how much that's part of your legacy, right? And mm-hmm. I was lucky enough a couple of weeks ago to um, be at uh, the studio of uh, Henry Diltz, who's a photographer from the 60s and 70s who took pretty much every famous photograph of rock and roll music from from that era that you've ever seen. And Mm -hmm. he um, had an exhibit at the Grammy Museum here in Los Angeles last year that we all took part in about Laurel Canyon. And he had a whole gallery of his photographs and some of them I was in with my mom and I uh, sidled up to him at the end of the exhibit. And I said, Hey, you know, if you need a home for any of those photographs, let me know. So I went Mm -hmm. out to his his house to, to go get them. And he was Uh um, puttering around in his kitchen and we were looking for the photographs. I was looking with his assistant and we found one of them of my mother and me. And he said, do you remember that? And I was, maybe three in the photograph. And I said, no, you know, I don't, but I'm so lucky because you've captured these memories for me that I wouldn't have otherwise. And I pondered, you know, wow. I said, you know, Henry, you've had what an incredible and unique job you've had, you know, to be able to have been the places that you've been and captured the photographs that you've captured, you know? And he said, yeah, you know, can you imagine if if I would have realized when I was at Woodstock taking photographs that those photographs would, you know, define a big a big part of the generation and a big yeah. part of what was going on. He said, "Can you imagine if I would have been aware of that?" I I don't know. How, how do you, how do you do your job with that much pressure? So I think yeah, it's absolutely. blissful ignorance. It's blissful ignorance, right? Definitely. And, and you do definitely. it, thank God. 
Yeah. And you do know, I think he maybe, I assume that he knew, like, on some level, like, oh, look, look at all these people who are performing. This is that this is major, but now you can't, when, you know, I guess you just don't, can't really know for sure that something's legendary until... Until it becomes legendary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, listen, guys, we gotta we got to take a break soon. But before uh, we, we take a break, real quick, um, so we can, uh, uh, as we were talking about the Kim Kardashian thing earlier, was that originally a part of the deal that she was going to do full frontal, uh, Mr. Mickey? No. No. No, we told her we wanted to do the champagne cover, and mm-hmm. the photographer had another idea that involved a nude butt. And... Um, when she came, she bonded with the photographer. Yeah. And, you know, they sort of patched it almost between themselves because he didn't really know what else he was going to do because he's the kind of photographer who has everything planned. Yeah. In terms of the setup. And he doesn't just say, okay, put that dress on and let's just shoot. Yeah. yeah. And so he wasn't really sure what he was going to do. But then when Kim came and was so excited and said, I'm I'm happy to be here. I'll stay all night. Tell him whatever you want to do. Tell me, and let's do it. And, and she said, was well, a fan of his that. work, so she was Absolutely. she was really into it. So that's probably. I mean, Absolutely. I know she's had offers to do Playboy, and uh, you know has refused. So she had uh, essentially she decided to do this for for paper. I mean, that's got to be an yeah. honor for you guys. Well, the funny thing is, I was on Fox News the other day, which is a sentence I don't say every day. <laughs> um, or admit to in public. <laughs> exactly. But the woman, Diana Falzone, is the woman who interviewed Elizabeth, our social media director, and myself. And she was great. Uh, I loved her. Yeah. I mean, you know, the I'm not a Fox News fan, but whatever. Yeah. And it was, we were talking, they invite, wanted us to talk about the Miley Cyrus cover. And she said the whole thing was kind of, the whole thrust was his paper, the new Playboy, which I didn't know that was going to be the topic. Oh, I, thought, wow. I assumed that it would be, oh, Miley's a hippie, and oh, well, who knows? I had like something Republican-y, I thought. But <laughs> the funny thing is, in a weird way, like, I don't even consider, like, I don't think of that Kim Kardashian shoot as a nude shoot. Yes, that certainly had contributed to the fact that it was so viral. It's, and, you know, the same thing with our Miley shoot. We never say... Although perhaps we have something in the works where we did say this, but we never say we want to do a nude shoot. Yeah. You know, we never, we didn't say that to him. We didn't say that to Miley. She's a hippie, a self-proclaimed dirty hippie and likes to be naked all the time. So that kind of was worked into the shoot. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. even though it sounds crazy to say it, that Kim shoot, we didn't, I don't think of it as a nude shoot. So to me, it's not like Playboy or it's in a way, Elizabeth, our social media director, said the thing about the Kim shoot is that she had had a baby. She wanted to do something where she felt sexy and empowered, and it's a nude shoot from that direction. It's not trying to give men a boner. Yeah, there is no men a boner. Pardon me, I'm going to say but, something disgusting, and then we can go to break, and it'll make everybody happy. There, there was no snatch shot though with Kim, was there? Yeah. There was, you know, the front, a tasteful snatch shot, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag snatch yeah. shot would have been the uh, headline the next day. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there was no snatch shot. But <laughs> I can't even well, see. then therein lies the difference between Playboy and this show. Yeah, 
shoot. So <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go. I, I thought it was very uh, classy. It was very good. Uh, when we come back, yeah. uh, I am a big fan of the Ask Mr. Mickey segment. I, I watched it on YouTube. I think your insights are not only um, helpful but hilarious. And uh, I have my own mis- Ask Mr. Mickey question when we return. Stay tuned for more of the Rob Saul Show with Owen Elliott and our guest, Mr. Mickey Boardman from Paper Magazine. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more show. Hey now, welcome back to the Rob Saul Show with our guest co-host, Owen Elliott. And uh, me and Owen and Mr. Mickey Boardman, we're all, all of us, we're bringing sexy back. So uh, welcome back to the show and uh, glad to uh, be with you tonight live here on July 7th. And um, I had stated earlier that I was a big fan of the Ask Mr. Mickey segment and uh, I have my own Ask Mr. Mickey question and I hope that uh, you can give me some good advice. Do you think you can do it? Are you up to the challenge, Mr. Mickey? I am up to the challenge. I cannot guarantee success mm. if you follow my advice, but I can guarantee that you will entertain your friends and passers-by. <laughs> okay. So here is my predic- predicament, uh, Mr. Mickey. Is, uh, I, uh, I recently got out of a, uh, a seven-year marriage. It ended terribly. I was telling Ellen off the air about it. And mm-hmm. I, went, I went on a rebound, and I started uh, dating a, a, a beautiful 22-year-old. I'm 32 years old, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started dating a beautiful uh, 22-year-old African-American woman. And she's gorgeous. She does modeling. And uh, we, had a, uh, we, had a, we had a nice run, but obviously we didn't have a lot in common. It didn't work out. But we still work together sometimes, and uh, tomorrow she wants me to go to a fashion photo shoot with her. I got an outfit for it and everything, but I think I, I don't know if I'm comfortable with doing a, a photo shoot with, uh, with this uh, ex-22-year-old girlfriend, and uh, it's, uh, it's uncomfortable, and I'm still very sexually attracted to her, and I think it's going to be a little mm-hmm. weird doing the photo shoot. What do you think? Uh, I, I would think you, of all people, would be an expert mm-hmm. on this uh, subject, Mr. Mickey. What do you think? Well, I'm an expert on all the subjects that this touches on. Yeah. <laughs> Erections, fashion, inappropriate relationships. Yes. You know, I'm a, I've done a lifetime of research on all of those things. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're going to do it, and if I were you, I would do it, but I think it's a mistake because of the things that you just said. If you feel uncomfortable, yes, that'll show in the pictures, and if it doesn't really mean anything to you, if you thought, oh my God, what a great opportunity, what a great publicity for the radio show. I wow. do, that's why, I mean... that be fun, yeah. you know, that, then I would say do it, but if your initial reaction is, oh, I would feel uncomfortable and I don't really want to see this girl because What's you're that? either going to end up trying to have sex with her and not, <laughs> or, say no, or you're going to try to have sex with her and you will have sex with her and that will reopen the whole can of worms. So, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, really, the, I mean, the thing is, is uh, Mr. Mickey, is uh, uh, that is the uh, initial reason I do want to do it. I'm uncomfortable. I've never really done a, a photo shoot before. She's done it. She's done modeling. I mean, she's gorgeous. But um, I just have but no- she obviously thinks that, you know, you can help her further her career. 
Wow, I get. And do you think that? Do you think that's a red flag right there, Owen? I uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, just a little. I think the woman is usually right in this situation. Yeah. Right? what would my mother say? And the yeah. thing is, and even if you tell yourself, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, not gonna try to. I don't want to get back involved with this woman. You will go on autopilot and try to get in her pants. Yeah, I, yeah, well, I will. Because men think differently than women. Oh, you know, yeah. But yeah. I, but I mean, the main they, the main reason I bought the out. The main reason I bought the outfit and and got everything together was the reason that you stated, like, oh, well, this could be good publicity for the uh, the radio show. Mm-hmm. These pictures could turn out really good. It's a professional photographer. We're going to be doing this. It might be a good opportunity. Maybe I should really do this. But I said, you know what? Let me ask the expert. Let me ask uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mickey first. So. Uh, and when you asked Owen and she, you didn't get the answer you wanted, you decided to ask me. So. <laughs> it, it wasn't an it wasn't an ask Owen question. Yeah, I didn't ask anything. Owen, but Owen and I didn't discuss it. We didn't discuss this, did we, Owen? Yeah. No, not really. No, no. I, I would have given you my opinion. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So that said, I mean, I have a feeling you're going to do it anyway, but I think you should talk. You think I should not? That's what I think. I, I, I think, think you're opening a can of worms, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well. There are other fish in the sea. and um, yeah. Well, this isn't somebody that I want to spend the rest of my life with. It's just somebody I was, you know, it was a rebound thing. I was sexually attracted to them and, uh, you know. Yeah, and you know what? Cherish it as a beautiful memory and move on. You don't <laughs> need to keep so visiting the scene of the you know, past crime. <laughs> <laughs> visiting I, I agree the, with that. I love. I agree with that. I one. love your phrasing, uh, Mr. Mickey. <laughs> well, you know, I am a professional. <laughs> words. I'm a painter with words. Don't uh, try this at home. Oh boy. <laughs> I could, uh, yeah, the so photo, there you go. Yeah, the photo shoot. Desperate thirty-two-year-old man seeks affection from twenty-two-year-old uh, model. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> there's um, nothing desperate. There's nothing desperate about wanting affection, and there's nothing shocking or wrong about finding someone attractive attractive yeah. i mean you know it's we all can be can lose our heads a little bit about that when someone who we think is super hot or super sexy yes. gets involved we tend to make some bad decisions or are just blinded by the cuteness yes yeah and you had some really shitty stuff happen rob you really did so yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you're going to give yourself a little break there yeah yeah i know i, I uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was telling Owen off the air. I mean, everybody pretty know, pretty much knows that uh, has been a listener of uh, the Rob and Trav show and stuff. The the horrible end of my marriage, but I mean, whatever. It's it's over with, and uh, uh, the rebound happened, and uh, now I've I'm seeking, well. Now that's out of the way. Yeah, now now I need a rebound for my rebound. What <laughs> exactly? Boing 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 boing. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, well, Mr. Mickey, I knew, I knew you would have the the right answer, but listen, uh, I got to tell you, Mr. Mickey, I already got this uh, fucking amazing outfit, and I, I, I have well, to you're use gonna it. Wear it. You're <laughs> gonna wear it when um, you go to L.A. and visit Owen, and you're gonna take her out to the Ivy or some fancy restaurant and have a good time. Okay, it's well, not that, no so, good outfit is gonna be wasted. <laughs> Can't waste I'm gonna go from my little list here of <laughs> questions that Arm sent to me. Oh God, I'm just gonna. Go back to that. All right, go. So, ahead. What? So you're so you've um, you've gone to India a, uh, more than a few times. Tell I me have. about it's tell me about your journeys places. there. Well, it's funny because you know I never felt like I was dying to move to New York, and I never 
felt the call of indie. I never thought, you know, because some people say, oh, I've got to get to Paris. I've got to get whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of randomly went there. I got offered a trip to Bombay Fashion Week. And mm-hmm. I, will take, I will go anywhere mm-hmm. for a business class ticket on Delta or any SkyTeam airline. I <laughs> right on. Anywhere. Anywhere and, you fly. Yes, absolutely. And I will change 10 times to be able to go on a SkyTeam airline instead of a non-SkyTeam airline. I'm a okay. lunatic about it. But anyway, so I went to Bombay. And the minute I stepped off the plane, I thought, baby's home. It's just, you know, I'm a veg- I've been a vegetarian for 28 years. I love mm. bright colors. I, interestingly, am very attracted to South Asian men. Men mm-hmm. from basically from Israel, Lebanon, kind of all the way over, but not including Myanmar. So, like, I love Indians, Afghans, Persians, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about it. It's so, I mean, I hate, you know, this word is so overused and cheesy, but it's very spiritual. It's very, it just speaks to your soul in a way. And it's a non, mm-hmm. it's, an overwhelming stimulation for all of your senses all at one time. So wow. I kind of just got obsessed with it. And I had been doing this charity, these uh, charity clothing sales because I'm also a shopaholic. Uh-huh. I'll tell you how spiritual I am, a shopaholic. <laughs> and, um, so my friend who has a fabulous vintage clothing store, Screaming Mimi's, and I and a friend of mine from work, Jamie Brenna, we said, let's just, you know, why don't we... We have all these clothes and things from gift bags and things that um, designers, and I don't mean fancy designers, but, you know, people would send to me at the office and right. why don't we sell them for a good cause? And we built two wells with this charity called Charity Water, which is a great charity. Wow. And, but then we, then well, I went to India and I, it turned out someone who I'd been friends with for a long time and kind of just thought was a handsome hipster. I didn't realize that he had started a uh, he has a charity that builds schools, clinics, and women's centers in India. So, yeah. when I, and it was an amazing story that he found in a dumpster. The short version story is in a dumpster. He found a drawing that he thought looked interesting. He went to Pratt. He's an artist, and so he took it to the drawing to Sotheby's, and it turned out to be a David Hockney drawing of Ossie Clark, a very famous <laughs> fashion designer from the '60s. And wow. so he sold it for eighteen thousand dollars. This was about. 25 years ago or so. And he had been a volunteer at Mother Teresa's Hospital in Calcutta years before this. So he took the $18,000 to Mother Teresa and said, "What should I have $18,000. What should I do? And she said, build a hospital in Orissa, which is the state below West Bengal, which is where Calcutta is. Mm. So he did that. And since then, he's built, you know, about 10 other schools, clinics, and women's centers in India and Nepal. So when I found out about that, I said, well, you know, why don't we do this sale every summer for his charity called Chitta, C-I-T-T-A. And we do cocktail parties. So over the past seven or eight years, we've made like, I'd say $175,000 or something, which wow. is compared to giant, you know, million dollar events is not a lot, but it's made a huge difference. It's a very small organization. And the first thing we did was we, with $15,000, we rebuilt a school that had been destroyed by a cyclone. So, it, you know, so doing that kind of work and going to the jungle and going to see the school and meet the kids who go to the school, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. And I find it, it's such a, it's such a nice balance to my life that's otherwise like, oh my God, is Foxy Brown happy with the catering, you know, or whoever. Like, yeah. Right. It kind of puts you know. things into perspective, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. And 
it's there's just something about India to me that's so magic. It's insanity. It's either complete magic or complete complete frustration. You know what I mean? It's there's no middle of the road. It's all very um, extreme. Have you been or no? I have not been. Um, I have friends who who have gone, and I have I have um, friends who are involved with with different charities there and in, and also mm-hmm. in Nepal. And uh, I think people just aren't. Um, as aware of of the conditions in those countries as as they are, oh, yeah. at least I'm I'm beginning to to see that, and and certainly yeah. the devaluation of women in in those countries and yeah. the importance of educating women um, in yeah. those countries is starting to starting to be understood that that it's important, but it's it's the, it's us who are in other countries who are mm-hmm. going wait, we well, you, you you, let's let's not forget about the women, you yeah. know. No, it's I mean, very it's important. Like, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that so many people, you know, that a lot of, whether, and again, as you say, whether it's people here or even I know this, a very famous Indian actress, Priyanka Chopra, has a foundation that's just for educating girls. And even though it's, there's something, it's a little bit not militantly feminist as, as much as I'd like it to be. It's more just saying kind of how women need to be educated so they can be better citizens, better mothers, better. And I wanted to say they should fucking yeah. And you know, I was telling Rob world, this you know before. I, mean? I, I went and I was lucky enough to be in the audience at the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday celebration yesterday, and one wow. of the um, I know right, it's a small a small feat, and um, the panel in the afternoon was on wisdom. And uh, one of the things that they were talking about was was the, were, were these other countries, and that the wisdom is really in the women, yeah, and that the mothers are the ones who are, are who carry everything on, and some and it's so ironic that in some of these countries, like I said, the devalue devaluation of women, yeah, in these countries has happened, and and that's just it's going to devalue the entire society. So it's important yeah. to to bring that back up and and remember, the women really are smarter, you know. Absolutely. We really are. Well, also it's interesting <laughs> to see the studies oh, about man. you know when you give help or give you know financial support. Very often when it's given to the man, the head of the family, he's going to put it in his pocket. He spends it on himself. I hate to say, and I'm a man, and I'm whatever. And I'm not saying all men are evil. But if you give it to the mother, she invests it in the family, and it's the that's right. Um, the results are more spread more evenly. It sort of lifts a whole family, lifts a whole community. So I'm glad that that's being talked about and recognized. And one of the new projects we're working on now is to build a girls' school in the desert near Pakistan, where like yeah, where it's like mm. women get mooch and um, women don't go to school to go there. To school. Yeah, no. So that's at all. So that's yeah. Uh, I mean, don't they get penal? Don't they get killed for going to school? <laughs> wow. Well, not not in India, but I mean, because that's this is a. Um, I mean, I was talking about Pakistan. Pakistan. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. There are places. It's, imagine that. Imagine you just want to go to school and someone is going to throw acid in your face or you know mm-hmm. try to prevent you. It's so crazy, but you know we just got to keep pushing and hopefully some, something funny. will make a little difference. Yeah, you know, it's funny because women are have had such success politically speaking. I mean, the most powerful person in India, I mean, Sonia Gandhi, Indira Gandhi was prime minister. Her daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. Sonia Gandhi, is the head of the opposition party in Bangladesh. The two extremely corrupt, extremely terrible leaders of the two different parties are both women. 
So it's like goes back and forth between two women, which is amazing. Pakistan's had mm-hmm. had been a Jupiter. So it's amazing that they could achieve such high success on a level and also at the same time in other areas be so devalued. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's such a vast such a vast difference, right? Totally. So there's such a gap. Yeah, it's a huge gap. Well, listen, we got to take another break, but uh, why we take the break? You can all take your shower selfies because when we come back, Jack McEnroth is going to be on, and he's the uh, uh, national spokesperson for the highly successful HIV education campaign, Living Positive by mm-hmm. Design. So when we come back, we will be talking to him, uh, Mr. Mickey. Are you Thank staying you. on for this segment? If you want me, I can stay, I but I won't. I'll let Jack do most of the talking because he is hilarious. He does a lot of amazing work, and he's also hilarious. All right. Well, then stay on the line because we would love you to stay on, Mr. Mickey. And uh, we'll be back in a few minutes right here on the Rob Saul Show here with guest co-host Owen Elliott. And we got, of course, Mr. Mickey Boardman, and we'll be back with Mr. Jack McEnroth. We'll be back with the Rob Saul Show here on... RippedRadioNetwork.com And your legs don't work They used to before Alright, welcome back to the show We are live on the RippedRadioNetwork.com Welcome back to the Rob Saul Show With our guest co-host Owen Elliott, and we have of course Mr. Mickey Boardman on the line And uh, Jack McEnroth is on the phone with us, and uh, apparently my notes are all wrong on him. So, Jack, tell us what you're up to. <laughs> uh, well, I'm a busy girl. I'm a busy beaver. And <laughs> hi, Mickey, and hi, everyone. I love you all. Hi. Um, uh, yeah, well, your notes that you read through, I did work on uh, a campaign called Living Positive by Design, where I was like an HIV spokesperson that stemmed out of my appearance on Project Runway, and talking about my HIV status on the show. And that was a great educational campaign I worked on for four years. Then I uh, went and developed a a social media campaign called HIV Equal, uh, which is actually still going on, but I uh, left after about a year. Um, And uh, let's see, what else have I done? (laughs) I did a lot of media for Breaking AIDS Ride, which is a smaller version of like Life Cycle. It's a Boston to New York three-day, 300-mile ride. And I also raised $53,000 myself in eight weeks through, like, basically taking naked pictures of myself and, and posting people's, like, Twitter handles and Instagram handles if they if they donated over $250 and taking selfies and being totally exploitive and selling real estate on my chest, which, whatever. Raising money for a good cause, so that's fine. Um and then let's see. Past World AIDS Day, I uh, I was thinking, oh, what, we should have a, an, an ALS type of thing for HIV. So I uh, brainstormed the "We Are All Clean Shower Selfie Challenge," which yeah, you know, went, I, uh, the, the arm was trying to get me to take a shower selfie of myself before we went on air tonight. <laughs> oh and oh I, my god! And I said, an arm, I'm not doing that. I mean, as, oh as, my god! As I told Mister Mickey, well, honestly, you know what I was thinking? Okay, like. What would be something, because everyone's taking, you know, we're so self-interest anyways, and what's something that people could do easily, and the whole anti-stigma thing, it's like people saying that they're clean if they're STD-free or SDI-free, so like, you know, we are all clean implies that, you know, regardless of whether you're HIV positive or HIV negative, we're all still clean, we're all still valuable, so, and it took off just because like a lot of hot guys were taking pictures of themselves 
naked, yeah. basically, I, I, and like it went on BuzzFeed. It was translated into like ten languages. Uh, this was all within like seven days, and then I had friends calling me, telling me that it was like lot. It was main main network news in Australia. Wow. Like it was, it went insane. I couldn't even keep up with all the media. So, well, listen, uh, I'm, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm did, I didn't participate. I'm in Oakland, yeah. Working at a company called uh, MSMGF, which stands for Men Who Have Sex with Men Global Forum. It's a global forum uh, for MSM and HIV. It's very HIV centric. We do a lot of work globally, um, you know, especially in uh, poor countries in the global south to make sure people that, that don't have access to meds are getting meds and everyone's advocated for. And, you know, a lot of countries where homosexuality is so criminalized and we're, you know, trying to just be advocates and make sure people get care and um, access and civil rights stuff that they need. So that's what I'm doing now. All right. Well, sounds that's like you're doing a lot of good great. things. Yeah. A lot of good things. Uh. <laughs> and that, well, that's, that's, you know, that's getting into action. You know what I mean? It's like you can sit around and, and, you know, talk about stuff or get into action. And, and I think that's really admirable. Owen, did, uh, Arm, ask, uh, did Arm ask you to do a shower selfie or uh, before the you show? You know what? <laughs> Arm, Arm knows better. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, well, I got to give Arm knows better. to Miss Boardman over there because he was in the HIV Equal campaign. He came, he came for us. I, I do anything whenever, Jack asks me to do. Whenever I ask Mickey for a favor, <laughs> he always comes through. So, so I... Well, so Mr. Well, Mickey, Mickey didn't ask awesome. for the shower selfie, you know. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah I don't remember the shower. <laughs> Mickey didn't ask up. me, but he should know better anyway. <laughs> hey, you should. Hey, when, after this interview is over, go, like look up the hashtag. We are all clean, and like it's pretty major. I think there was. I ended up something with like twenty six million social media impressions, and like like at least sixteen thousand people took pictures of themselves, like. Oh, wow. This is all in the span of a week. Amazing. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. We, I had, and like, you know, people, I made it very explicit that it was supposed to be PG-13, but some people didn't follow the rules. They just so don't care. They didn't get the memo. <laughs> yeah. No, so some people didn't get the memo, but um, people like to be naked. But there was group pictures. There were a few with, like, 10 people in showers. It was it was good. It was, it was fun to watch. It, come, it was fun to watch it. Uh, I was just telling Mr. Mickey that I was battling doing a clothed photo shoot uh, tomorrow. So doing a a shower selfie before the show is something that I I wasn't prepared Mm. for. (laughs) There's only one way, Rob, for you to get over these um, hang-ups and fears, and that's just to do it. Just do it. You just got to do it, girl. All right. Ask yourself what would Jack do, what would Kim Kardashian do, what would Mr. Mickey, what would Owen do? Right. Well, Mr. Mickey, you're going to suffer now, Mr. Mickey, because you gave me the advice. So now you're going to get my awkward shower selfies and you're going to get my awkward photo shoot photos from tomorrow. Oh, so. <laughs> you are going to go through with it. You are going to go through with the photo shoot. You know that, right? I know. I am. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much already locked into it. <laughs> you are, you already booked the makeup artist, didn't you? I mean, it's just a scam. It was all just a scam. It's not a scam. You know what? How about this, Rob? If you do go through with the photo shoot, you do have to give us a shower selfie for for um, Jack's campaign. All right. Well, okay. If I do the photo shoot tomorrow, I will do a shower selfie following, right. and uh, that'll be the deal. Yeah. Well, Sounds you know, pretty damn fair to I me. Have, I have, 
I'm agreeing to that well, on air. People were really creative too. I mean, yeah. I mean, there were people that were like, "I don't want to be naked." I'm like, "It's not a requirement." It was just, and people did them in shower caps, and there were really cute ones. And people, there was a couple that did them with their baby, and there was some like you'll see. Go, go, just look at the hashtag. We're all clean. There's really, really cute ones. <laughs> so you don't have to be fully. You don't have to be fully in the buff. I'll, or you can just, I'll do you my can, sh- can, I'll do you, my shower selfie in a three piece suit. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. There's no requirement for nudity. <laughs> That's nuts. That is just nuts. Did you get any selfies that were your personal favorites? Um, any shower selfies that were your favorites? Uh, yeah, well, that you can um, admit there, to. There were some. Perez Hilton did it. Um, uh, there were some famous people that were, it was fun to watch. Um, Eli Leeds, a singer, um, who else? I can't remember. Whoopi Goldberg posted it on her Facebook page. She didn't do it, but she posted it. Laverne Cox posted something about it. Um, Peter Staley, who's a huge HIV AIDS activist, did one. He's like a personal idol of mine, so... That was fun. Um, I, a couple of famous people in Australia, but I don't know who they are. Oh, um, do you know Panty Bliss is? The drag queen for, from the Irish drag queen. She's amazing. Yeah, she's she a good friend of mine. She did it. She's, she, hers is hilarious. So funny. She's shaving her beard in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, that's so classic. Good. That so is good. classic. She's really great on Twitter. I love her. Like we're Twitter friends. She's, and she's very well. She's she's basically responsible for, in a way, for the Irish gay marriage referendum. I mean, it was the whole speech that she, when she was on TV talking about it. And yeah, that was amazing. Got things rolling. She's amazing. Yeah. Cool. So for all your listeners who don't know who we're talking about, it's Panty Bliss. P A N T I Bliss. B L I S S. And she's. She's hysterical, and if you look her up in YouTube, where she has some great like monologues, and she's a great public speaker and activist, and amazing and hilarious. So this is, uh, you know, this is really like it's kind of like the new uh, ice bucket challenge. Yeah, I mean, that was actually, you know, so it's interesting because after the ice bucket challenge, you know, everyone was like, "What's the next thing?" And of course, every fundraising's hard, and and. And all these organizations, you know, all my friends in PR, and I'm sure Nikki heard this, was like, oh, you know, we want to do one, we want to do one. And it's really, that's sort of a, it has to just happen sort of magically. And I even, making the shower selfie campaign, like, it, there was a call to action for people to donate, but the amount of money generated was really nominal. I think we made, like, $12,000, but it was in the course of seven days, and $12,000 is $12,000. Yeah. But, right. you know, it's not like, you know, I think the, the ALS challenge made, what, $11 million, something crazy? Maybe it's $40 million, and they, you know, a, a ton. Wow. So, um, it's just Wow, I have no idea. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the ALS challenge was, once you get a big, big, big celebrity, I mean, Mickey, you know, this was like with using Kim. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, if you get a, a one big name celebrity, then all the rest of them fall in line. So I was yeah. trying to, I was really trying to get over that hump and find They're like lemming. Um, but I, it just, it never really happened. And I, and I was so overwhelmed. It was just me. I didn't, you know, Housing Works was the beneficiary just because I needed a, a nonprofit. Uh, but they couldn't really, they didn't have the bandwidth to help me. So, and I couldn't even handle all the media. So if I would have, 
if it would have been a little, I didn't expect it to explode the way it did. And if I had had more sort of strategy and infrastructure, it could have maybe be maybe been something bigger. Or if I would have had like, you know, Ampar or Elton John Eight Foundation or somebody behind it with some mm-hmm. big celebrities, it could have been something. But I'm, hey, I'm, I'm afraid know. if I do this shower selfie, I might lose money for your campaign. <laughs> <laughs> But I think every, everyone's looking for the next big, yeah. you know, thing that's going to make a difference. I, I think that's what kind of unites us. I think it's a great thing. I think we're all looking to, to do a little bit better in this life. Yeah, you know, and do some good. Yeah, I, I think any 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 kind of campaign that's uh, raising money to uh, to help anybody uh, that's going through any uh, sort of unfortunate thing is is, is a good thing. Yeah, I Well, I this agree. is what I, I really love about sort of the democratization of, that the internet provides and the sort of equal access to everyone, you know. And, you know, I love GoFundMe stuff. I love when people are, you know, starving artists that are trying to, you know, fund their, their great ideas. And it, Yeah, it's brought some it's, individuality it's, back, you know, yeah, like a little, a little bit of... Little grassroots action and little hey, I can make a difference, and and that was lost for a long time, and the idea and especially the ideas behind like the GoFundMe campaigns and and things where people go hey you know what my my twenty bucks really might make a difference in somebody's life and people like to feel like they have some power and some control, you know it's sort of the human the human condition, you know and that no make making a difference. In fact, Owen is going to burn her bra when this show is over. You know what? If I if I did if I did that, the seismic activity that would be recorded in in my area would frighten all of you. Let me just put it that way. They would think the San Andreas had finally fucking gone. Let me just put it that way. Oh, it's so funny. Well, you, know. <laughs> you have no idea that terrible things that would happen but uh yeah so it's a it's a thing it's a thing so how else can people get involved in this uh aside from taking a uh a shower selfie jack well honestly babe it's pretty much run its course like i i wanted to you know that was it was world aids it was kind of the week around world aids day last december um i i i thought that it might have legs again but like it's interesting because the HIV movement right now, um, I mean, I'm really tapped into it because it's my work and it's, it's, it's what I do, but yeah. everything's really focused on PrEP, which, um, um, which you guys are familiar. Are you familiar with PrEP? No, not at all. Educate us. Okay, so PrEP is it's, um, pre, it's called pre-exposure prophylaxis. Mm-hmm. And basically now there's a pill, and there's one pill that's called Truvada that's approved by the FDA, and they're working on some other forms of it. But basically, if you're an HIV negative, HIV negative person and you take you take this one pill a day, you will not get HIV. It's like the studies show if you take it as as prescribed, uh-huh. it's basically 100% effective. So, so it's a prophylactic, so, no pun intended, treatment. Yeah, uh, totally. So it's, it's it's pre-exposure prophylaxis. That's what PrEP stands for. So uh-huh. in San Francisco, which I'm you know very close to now, and New York, it's taking off like wildfire. So the focus in the HIV movement is really about getting, you know, the high risk population, which is most gay men or, you know, who are having 
a, you know, a fair amount of sex right. on this, on, on this, because it'll, it'll really drastically, um, reduce the HIV transmission rate. And yeah. the other interesting thing that I don't know if people know is, uh, if you're HIV positive like myself and you're on medication, you get to an undetectable level, which means you can't, if I'm, if I get my blood work done, there are, you can't find the copies of HIV in my blood. Right. I'm also not, I'm also not contagious. So the goal is really to get everyone tested, get mm-hmm. people who are HIV positive on treatment and get them undetectable and get people that are high risk for getting, uh, getting HIV on PrEP. Then, mm. you know, then, then basically trans- the transmission rate will plummet. So people are really, really focused on that. And another thing I do want to just mention um, that we talked about before we came back from commercial is, uh, tomorrow, I launched the, another social media campaign with Housing Works. It's my last project with them called Prep Heroes. If that's the hashtag. It's P R E P H E R O E S. And there's an E in there because people were selling heroes. Right. That, but it's O E S. Prep Heroes. So tomorrow, look for that. Um, and it's a really cool photography campaign shot by Mike Ruiz. Um, I art directed most of it. It's nine guys that are all smoking hot in their own way um you know really cool they're all on prep and they're all sort of superhero-y mad maxi uh but look for that because it's cool they're really great photos so that launches tomorrow nice now, speaking of um i i do a show on uh on boston am radio 1510 wmex with the reverend bob levy and if you go on twitter right now at the rev bob levy all the crew over there has already posted shower selfies on there, so go ahead nice. and go ahead and check it out. So, uh, it looks a little Photoshop. I don't think these guys are uh, that much in shape, uh, Owen, but uh, they can go check it out. Anyway. I'm not sure I'm going to go and look at any of them just so, just so nobody feels hurt. Uh, all right, but uh, Jack, thank you so much for coming on and uh, and talking with us. Uh, is there a website people can go to? Um, you know, do you have a website? I do have a website, but you know what? I haven't updated in like two years, so I don't even bother. (laughs) Just follow me. Find me on social media. I'm a Twitter whore, just like Mr. Mickey. I'm at Jack McEnroe. Yes, Jack is is one of the most... Jack. Jack is one of the most entertaining tweeters. He's hilarious and has a thick, twisted sense of humor, Owen, which I know you will enjoy. So <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, so you, you'd be depressed. I've had to turn it down a little bit. I'm not as obnoxious. Okay, well, be, go in the archive and look for some old stuff because I literally would <laughs> the fall. I would be shocked. And odd at uh, every once in a while. There's a there's a zinger in there. But, oh, good! I love that. <laughs> well, keep fighting the good fight, Jack. Yeah. You're you're, you're Thanks, inspiring, honey. man. Yeah, and go to uh, go to the the our Twitter account, uh, the at Rob Saul Show, and uh, Arm's going to tweet out uh, uh, Jack's uh, Twitter handle so you can follow him and. Uh, of course, ask Mr. Mickey. Uh, guys, thank you so and much just, for coming out. I just tweeted you guys, too. So, All right, awesome. Well, good. All right, thank you guys, both of you, so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It, it was what a, a treat. Thank you. It was a thank you. It was a pleasure, and uh, I will keep to my uh, agreement. If I do this photo shoot tomorrow, uh, Mr. Mickey will not only receive that, but my shower selfie. So there you go. And, <laughs> but thank you guys so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, okay, you too. Papermag.com. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate it. Good night. Good night. Bye. There we go. So there were our guests tonight, um, Owen and. Uh, 
We had a uh, a good it was time. Great time. Good show. Yeah. Really great time. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming on. You uh, you carried me tonight. You threw uh, me on your back well, and you, know you carried what? me. These, these were some great guests, yeah. and Mickey Boardman is amazing. And what a nice conversation. It was. Really, it was what a, a nice conversation. It was a good conversation, and, uh, you know, I uh, I had a great time. And uh, uh, I hope everybody here on the Ripped Radio Network enjoyed the program. Uh, we will be back next week. I, I, I got to talk to Arm. I don't even know who's going to be on next week. but uh, <laughs> the, the illustrious Arm, yes, as it were. The illustrious Arm. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, he seemed to enjoy himself tonight. He was uh, he was yelling at me at the beginning of the show because he he thought I was ruining my uh, ask Mister Mickey question because I started talking. You about know, it you know really who Arm really should be is you know how on um, well in the old days Regis and Kathy Lee but remember how they had um, uh, G- Gelman Gelman yeah Arm is like fucking Gelman yeah <laughs> he's our, that's it he's our Gelman he's the, he's the Gelman. I know. He is the gentleman. There we go. We, we put it all together. I, 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 I'll be Regis. You can be Kathy Lee, Kelly, whoever you want. Norm will be Gelman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Oh, so uh, what are you doing for the rest of the evening? I'm going to bed. I know it's still early there in California. It's still early here in yeah. California, and, and my husband has been madly gesturing at me um, to – Come look at some paperwork. So I guess that that's probably my future. Oh, paperwork! Uh, that sounds like fun. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And fun. and America's Got Talent is on, and they're drinking whole eggs. Ooh, vile! Sounds like fun. I love Howard Stern. Uh, that was a big thing too. I was telling a uh, you know. <laughs> Have you discovered Periscope yet? What, what? No. What's Periscope? Periscope is an app that is tied to Twitter. Uh-huh. And it's and it's exactly what you would imagine it to be. Periscope is basically if you have Periscope on your phone, you can see where you are and what you're doing. Oh wow. So Howie Mandel uh-huh. has become such an active periscoper and he'll get on Periscope and in literally, you know, forty seconds, one you know, fifteen hundred people are watching him. Wow. You know, and he's doing prank phone calls. Oh, nice, nice. And they're hysterically funny. Yeah. And, you know, I know. I I love Howie Mandel. I love Howard Stern. I love that whole crew on America's Got Talent. That's good. But uh, um, that was one of the things I was talking about when I was uh, dating the 22-year-old. She had no idea who Howard Stern was. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. And you still went out with her. I know. But, I mean, you know. 22. I, I was thinking th- thinking with the She's wrong head. She's barely legal. I know. I know. I, she, was a, she was in my bedroom. We She's sleeping with me. And there was a copy of Private Parts, the movie on the floor. She said, oh, who is that guy? I'm like, it's Howard Stern. She was like, who? <laughs> she said, who is that? I said, the most famous disc jockey in the world. Uh, oh man! Whatever. <laughs> that 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 is one of the red flags that you should have noticed. <laughs> uh, and then I was watching America's Got Talent with her like a few weeks ago. I'm like, that's him, the guy on my DVD I was showing you. That's Howard Stern. She's like, oh yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> and now, she finally got it. Yeah, she pretty, finally got it. But she, I mean, but that's the thing. Now uh, the the younger generation, they know Howard Stern is a judge and a kind of tame guy on America's Got Talent. Uh, people like us, we know him as the outrageous guy who kind of, you know. <laughs> well, and, and I have news for you because I'm 
you know, a good 15 years your senior. Yes. It gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> yeah. It gets, it gets really a lot worse. Oh. And you find yourself um, uttering words like, uh, that's not music. <laughs> <laughs> and not understanding what's playing on the radio. Oh, I know. And I, I got to send you a video uh, uh, when it was uh, uh, social media when I was dating her of her trying to teach me the lyrics to some uh, new song on the radio called Trap Queen. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's uh, some sort of rap song. And it's yeah, me, I, I me don't know. To... And I actually really, <laughs> I just gave up like a few years ago. I went, wow, you know, I've just actually crossed over. The gap is now so so huge between them and me that <laughs> that I just kind of give up and I and I'm relying on my kids to try to keep me somewhat current but but really I'm now their slave because I'm I'm not as as you know computer savvy yes. tech savvy iPhone yeah. all of that it's it's rapidly eclipsing my knowledge get out of here kids your yeah, exactly. your, your you grandmother was kids. a legend she you rotten kid. You want to hear some real music? Listen to your grandmother sing. Exactly, <laughs> and I walked five thousand miles, and <laughs> and I walked to school in the snow, and I, my ears, you know, to get the whole the whole thing. And the truth is that I did walk to school in the snow, and my ears did freeze. But I never told them that. Oh. I'm saving it. I'm saving that story. You're saving that. Yeah, that that comes after the how painful it was giving birth to them. That's uh, that's the story that will follow that one, right? The famous ones, absolutely. <laughs> the ones that get told at weddings and you know the most embarrassing times, and yeah. you know we we all have them. We yeah. all have them. That's for sure. <laughs> well, Owen, thank you very much. I hope that uh, you'll come back on and do this with me again soon. I will, I will, and thank you, and have yourself a good night. All right, with that being said, thank you, everybody. Join us next Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, on the Ripped Radio Network. Join me every Monday through Friday night at midnight on 1510 WMEX with the Reverend Bob Levy on the Bob Levy Show. And you can stream that online everywhere on 1510 WMEX.com. Go over there now and check it out. It's about to go on live, but I will not be there tonight. Good night, everybody, and thank you very much.